delivering clear, concise, and entertaining content on demand, this is SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community. Welcome to Hire Up, the podcast designed to help you take your business to a higher level. Get the latest news and updates on everything human resources. Unlock the occupational DNA so you can identify, select, develop, and retain top talent. And now your host, John Beck. Everyone wants to be Lane Hensley's friend. Lane is one of those rare people who sees what people often don't see in themselves. The beautiful beginner. The sacred wonderer. He'll reveal your magic and he'll help you to believe. He is generous, smart, and oriented to make things better. Lane Hensley is the co-founder and COO of Odyssey Teams Incorporated. An inspirational speaker, an industry innovator, an expert corporate trainer with an eye for introducing organizational change, Hensley has developed effective and inspirational philanthropic team-building programs used by some of the world's largest corporations. Since co-founding Odyssey Teams, Inc., Hensley has traveled around the world presenting the company's programs, including prosthetic hand-building program, helping hands, and bicycle-building event, Life Cycles, to Fortune 500 companies. Hensley is the author of two books on facilitation and has been featured in Entrepreneurial Magazine for his work in team building. He lives in Chico, California with his wife and three children. Lane Hensley, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. It's a privilege to be here to get to talk to you about what we're doing at Odyssey. We are excited to have you, and uh, I can't help but notice as I'm connected to you on Skype here, I see a beautiful rainbow trout that you're holding in your hand you're an outdoorsman you like a little fishing oh for sure you know everybody's got their passions i've got two primary passions one is fishing um and just the experience of all that and the other is volleyball oh. coaching it playing it all that good stuff really I like being outside yeah i am uh 50 years old but in the prime of my life i was a uh, competitive volleyball player as well so we share something in common there Hey, we might have played against each hey, other you never... 50 this year as well. So <laughs> who, we might, who knows? We might have been on the same court or in the same sandbox. Who knows, right? <laughs> hey, well, come yeah. on out to the house. We've got a nice sand court with lights and everything. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. We'll have to set that up. So, Lane, tell me a little bit about, let, let's get the audience up to speed. I know we've covered your bio and went through that, but tell us a little bit about what's going on today you know, where are you, what you're doing, and catch everybody up to speed on the current events in the life of Lane Hensley, and then we'll jump right into this awesome topic. Mm, All right. Well, the life of Lane, there's the personal side, there's the work side. So personal side, you know, we're all on sort of this journey of life. We call it an odyssey. So that's the company name. An odyssey is a journey marked with notable occurrences. So, you know, somewhere getting through college, playing sports in college, getting to Chico State, meeting my wife, And then meeting my business partner and diving into this whole experiential field where, you know, we looked back at our life and thought, you know, big moments, big learnings, big notable occurrences happened when we were doing something, whether that was, you know, trying to finish school or having our heart broken by a girlfriend or, you know, winning a championship or losing a championship or, you know, lost on a mountain somewhere with some friends trying to figure it out. So 
we committed ourselves to creating experiences that could transform behaviors. And we do that through Odyssey and our philanthropic work and our training work. And then I do that as a volleyball coach um, and do that in the way that I support some, some big teams out there. But big adventures going on. I'm headed to India in a couple of weeks to do some trainings over there for a huge tech company and all their new hires. And then headed to Colorado this weekend to coach volleyball at a power at a qualifying tournament for my 16s team and awesome. just loving life. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So you uh you coaching a travel ball uh, 16 group? Yep, exactly 16s and I'm also the high school uh, varsity coach here in in our local town. So oh. uh, any any team techniques and things about pushing people to their max and you know figuring out personality types and creating journeys, you know, I love to do that whether that's with our clients or with, uh, you know, some, some of the, some of the volunteer work we do. And of course on a volleyball court. Well, I tell you what a awesome experience, uh, for, for your team to have one of the leading experts in the field of uh, team building to be their, uh, coach, right? I mean, wow. What a, what a great experience that must be for those kids. It's uh, cool. I yeah, I bet. So I tell you, uh, let's just jump into the topic and you know, when we talk about team building, so many times, and you know, I, I'm I'm in that field as well. And so many times, you walk in and you're, you're in front of a group of employees, and as soon as you utter the words "team building" or someone introduces you as, "Hey, we're going to be talking about team building today," eyes start to roll, and you start to see people crossing their arms a little bit, and every now and then, you might even hear a little puff. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, so so what's happening there? You know, what's the what's the negative correlation or negative negative connection to team building and you know is it justified i mean what talk to me a little bit about that you know we like to sort of look that line right in the mouth right out of the gate sometimes in our programs where it's you know if it says team building on the schedule and we're introduced as the team building experts uh, we know of course we're headed into a very jaded uh, crowd and we'll say hey when you saw that word team building on the schedule what was your first thought and maybe we can get enough honesty going where people are be you know like optional waste of time you know blah blah and they'll talk about you know some iron chef thing or beach olympics or you know trust falls or embarrassing things and you know unfortunately you know through the gamut of team building that's out there uh, i call it at its worst you know grown up busy work where it does just say hey we did something together it was fun you know Remember, this guy got hurt when he was doing X, Y, or Z. And, you know, there's those experiences that happen. At the same time, we know that, you know, most people's complaints are about their manager, about a coworker, about the lack of communication or the mm -hmm. lack of teamwork. Right. So, <clears throat> unfortunately, if you're an HR professional and you're presenting and you take all the time and energy to create a team building session for your group and then you make it optional, they're not going to come. You yeah. know, there's going to be 25% there and those aren't the 25% that needed to be there. It's so, so true. <laughs> you know, I feel and we feel at Odyssey the weight of the responsibility to, you know, to undo that emotional memory that they have. And honestly, they have emotional memory about that word to go, oh, no, this is going to be like a break from my real work. And that's on us to provide interesting experiences, conversations, you know, to build the team. But our concept is that individual building done in a group creates team building. So how do you tap that individual and go, look, this isn't about some mythical team out there. This is about you and the patterns you bring to the greater group, recognizing your reflexive tendencies, recognizing even your resistance to be in this team building itself 
and even your resistance to me as the leader and being okay with that and just saying, hey, this is the current state of this group and the, and the individuals in it and we're going this way, bang, and just go there with such power and confidence and such a, a relevant experience that at the end, you know, that's the fun part. Uh, yeah, uh, the bar is pretty low though. <laughs> yeah. I, I love what you just said, individual building. And the paraphrase, individual building of the individual leads to building or building great teams. And, and that's so, so often overlooked. And when you can start to focus in on the individual uh, as, as being a key contributor to the overall team and team success, uh, you're on something. That leads me to, as you guys are at Odyssey engaging with corporate management, do you feel that in general, they're out of touch with these new strategies? Is it, what are you finding is the general state of the union, if you will, of yeah. HR and management? Are, are, you know, are they still doing the old concepts and putting people in you know, a box of stuff and have them go build something? Or, or you know, are they just confused as where to start? I think there's a combination of what you just said there. You know, there is definitely a sense that we know our teams need to be improved. We know that if we leave things to their sort of reflexive state that it goes toward negative, you know, like a, like a boat going across the lake. If you don't have your hands on that steering wheel, if you let go, you know, that which propels you will also move you off course. Right. But what propels us is the dramatic personality types. And this, this person's like a total go-getter and high energy. And this person's like, I just want to be in my cubicle. And this person is a, let's talk more. And somebody's like, you know, let's stop talking and get some action going. So how do you put those things together to, to recognize the value of that diversity, to recognize that, hey, we need to be moving in this direction. And I think a lot of HR folks, and then you get the bean counters connected and they go, hey, you know, we were, we were gonna have this couple day meeting and we're gonna talk about, you know, all these really important things and we were gonna do a team building, but you know, that we're tight on budget, let's, let's cross off the team building part. And then you're just talking to the intellectual self and mm -hmm. people understand what it's like to operate in a team. They understand how important it is. But if they don't have some emotional memory of what it felt like to really work together through a challenging activity or through something where they, they saw the value of those diverse personality types, they saw, they were reminded of what it feels like to get something done with a bigger group and have great impact. And maybe their company does, but in the busyness of day and the challenge of my email and this and that meeting, right. and, the person's, and I don't like that person in the meeting, they said that my idea wasn't as good as that, I mean, whatever. We got to reset that stuff so that we can, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships and have all of that come up together. Who in the organization, who's reaching out to you guys charged with the task of writing this ship, if you will, and, and trying to help an organization get their team on course? Uh, from the HR department of the organization. And, and then a follow-up on that is when they're reaching out to you, what's the common theme? What, what, are, what are organizations looking to try to achieve? Is it engagement or uh, reducing turnover or increasing you know, overall performance? What do you find as the thread that is kind of tying these organizations together? And typically in the organization, just to repeat, who, who's the champion that's trying to lead that charge typically that you guys are dealing with directly? Yeah, well, there's twofold there. So two answers would be the HR person for sure, because they're in the front lines of sort of the complaint train, right? They've, they've got people sitting in their office talking about this conflict or that conflict and, you know, somebody who they used to really like working with, they don't like working with anymore. And this HR person is hearing from both these people and go, these are two good people. 
how come they can't work well together? You know, how come they've lost sight of what we're ultimately trying to accomplish here, both as individuals and as an, a company? So when they feel that pain point, they recognize that the emotional memory and the filters that these people are viewing their work environment and their relationship environments through is so clouded that even if something great happened on a Tuesday, they wouldn't see it because they're still irritated about Monday and they can't wait till Friday. So, mm -hmm. you know, how do you reset that filter? You know, and there's plenty of books and conversations about the lenses people see the world through. So we got to clean those lenses up and, and recognize that those people who challenge us the most at work are actually teaching us the most, most about ourselves and about how to be better and how to appreciate those diverse opinions. And then the next group is either the very top of the company that's looking down at their next level managers or, and, or those next level managers that go, hey, we've got a huge group of my sales team getting together. Uh, we've been through a ton of change. And that's the most common thing is how do we get people to respond well to change, drive change, embrace change, uh, adapt to change and learn from it faster than our competitor? Because when the external pressure is on people, we default to reflexes the most in that environment. And if we don't teach people, and they really have to learn how to pause in the middle of, like in volleyball, in the middle of the highest pressure moments, right. can we call a timeout and pause long enough to control our physiology and start going to our training, our preparation, you know, our, our routines. And in companies, you know, we work so much and so busy, there isn't always time for that timeout to go, hey, what is gonna serve us right now in this pressure environment? You know, everybody feels those reflexes, but the t the people that can rise above those reflexes and build bridges whenever people are building walls, you know, that's that's the skill that has to be developed um, as much as any skill. As you guys are entering in and, and conducting these sessions, and you know, whether it is executive level or, or management sessions, I noticed that in a lot of the reading uh, I've done on your group, we talk about shared experiences are giving back and, and having this really collaborative process. Share with me a little bit about that type of approach in terms of bringing people together as a team. Boy, um, on the odyssey of Odyssey, our company, Yeah, we knew in 1999, so before Odyssey, I worked in a bike shop. My business partner is a triathlete. You know, we're, we were doing fun runs for a women with cancer survivors retreat we were a part of. He started a a thing called the Greek streak for fraternities to raise money for Luke Eric's disease when my business partner Bill was in college. So we had this sort of drive to philanthropy. Now we got into the training world and we got into the experiential learning models. And in 1999, we thought Lucent Technologies actually came to us and said, we're, we're one of the first companies really struggling. This is our supply chain. We want you to do something that's never been done before in the team building business mm -hmm. around rebuilding. And we thought, okay, we got to, let's, let's, let's break the mold. And so we thought, let's build something that's hard for them to actually build. And then we thought, you know, we'll donate this item in the end. And that will then represent the impact we want to have on our customers. Right. And better yet, okay, we thought we'll build a bike. We'll challenge them by scrambling tools and all that stuff. And then we'll have the kids come in to receive those bikes. And that will be a surprise to the participants. And that's the customer. Wow. So we did this in Atlantic City, and it was nobody ever heard of a bike build before. This was a pioneering move. As soon as those kids came in, the tears flowed. People who thought the bike was done, and they expected sort of like, you know, some shtick presentation to their neighboring group that was going to give features and benefits and all. 
as soon as those kids came in, they were scrambling for the tools, you know, like, oh my gosh, our bike's not good enough. This is a real customer. This is a real person. Yeah. And we knew that that was the lightning bolt of change and of awareness and what we call people catching themselves, being themselves in sort of business as usual. And they were doing a job instead of fulfilling a purpose. Sort of like the Simon Sinek, you know, start with why. That was the, the awakening of the why of the bike. And then that has now correlated to all our build sessions. That is uh, an awesome approach. I am. Uh, I tell you, I mean, I'm I'm am sitting here and I'm visualizing that whole process happening as you were, you know, so eloquently describing it. And uh, I can imagine the impact on those individuals when those kids come in to oh. to receive the, that you know this project that they've worked on. And, and again, how many times we go through these team building processes and then everyone stands around and you, you know, you designate a speaker and someone gets up from the group and explains, uh, here's what we've done and the benefits and why and the challenges and so on and so forth. And then boom, the project goes away, right. For, for a yep, team building exactly. project, but to bring that kind of, um, uh, experience in, and makes it so real. I mean, it, it goes from just an exercise to some real life, uh, event and how, great that can be to bring people together because they've done something meaningful as a group so yeah wow (laughs) that's good stuff man i like that i like that it's the silver bullet you know it gets the most cynical of the group and even the most cynical of the group are actually the ones that learn the most they're like oh my gosh even if i haven't done a great job in the first hour or two let's say that i'm not that great of a speaker Okay, and, and which is not gets, true because I've watched your videos. I've watched his videos. He's a great speaker, but go ahead. <laughs> let's just say that I still haven't got to that two percent. That's just the prisoner mode, and that's just their mode. I I didn't get them there, but that's where they started. Let's say I haven't got them yet. When that moment happens, you get them all. It's undeniable that you know what? There's something bigger than me going on here. And that shared experience of that creates these conversations then afterward. Because most people in companies, they have enough knowledge, they're just not applying that knowledge. They haven't had an, a moment where they, that, that, where they're not applying the knowledge, it got in the way so much that they've got that inspiration. When people get fired, when people get hired, these are emotional autosave moments for our system preference. And that's when we have these moments of where somebody gets a divorce, somebody has a child, you know, those are moments we learn from. And if we can create, and we've learned how to create those notable occurrences that then are the leverage point for the HR team and the leaders to go back to, to say, remember when those kids came in, hey, we need to step into this conference room and have this meeting about our supply chain or our systems or whatever, with that same focus. We know we have 5 million customers in the US and let's pretend every one of them is right outside the door and they're about to walk in and say, are you ready for me? Because we need what you've produced. Wow. And that's that's what happens in real time in the session. And, and then I just have to get out of the way of the learning and try to pull it from them. And that's what we're talking about, about developing that, you know, those internal collaboration skills through those same exact approaches, right? Yep, exactly. And wow. that's where they start to maintain themselves. If they looked back and say, how would you have built this bike a half hour ago if you knew the kids were walking in? And they'd say, oh, we would have shared tools. We would have been this. We, we knew Bob has built bikes his whole life. We would have had him check all the brakes. Then it's like, we got to work like that all the time. So yeah. How are we going to work for the next month if we think about those customers that we are hoping to impact with our product? And now, of course, we've blown this up with 
building prosthetic hands and building skateboards and building playhouses and building different activities for rec therapy. And, you know, cause clients come to us once and they're like, what are you going to do next year? You know, that's the biggest challenge is how you're going to top this now. Um, to, to bring back challenge. that type yeah. of experience, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's a great challenge. That's what keeps us up at night and keeps us inventing. And, you know, we're just inventing kinds of people. And we've done this with four or 5,000 people at a time. Imagine that impact when, you know, when 500 kids walk in wow. um, or, you know, they see, you know, 1400 prosthetic hands produced that are going to go around the world and, and change the lives of 1400 people. Uh, you know, and that's what companies are supposed to be doing with the products they produce every day or the services they provide. And we, we call ourselves, we're in the business of giving, but it's not just the item we give, it's the behaviors we give to our teammates. It's the time we share with our customers. It's the, it's the benefit of the doubt we might offer. It's the trust I might give somebody uh, that's in a stressed relationship with me. So we can give all the time. And when we're in the business of giving, we create transformation for ourselves and, and the people around us. That's good stuff. Let me ask you, so once an organization goes through a process, and we might have you give me a little timetable. So are these typically ongoing? It's an ongoing process, or is it, event type focused where it's a it's a major event kickoff then that leads to because i guess the the question i have is a lot of times you go through these team building exercises and when you walk out uh you, you're pumped up and then you know as time goes by uh the mm -hmm. momentum and and things start to decrease and you know out of sight out of mind and then it kind of starts to fall by the wayside and then 90 days, six months later, you're kind of back to doing what you're thinking, and then you know, oh, well, we're gearing up again for another one. So what's your best advice to help keep that momentum going and, and really trying to have those organizations, you know, instead of having that up and down roller coaster ride, just having that mm -hmm. steady forward, upward momentum where it's just kind of keeping it even keeled and on the rise? Yeah, yeah. Well, what we like to do, we, we, are usually not a part of a really long-term year-round weekly weekly we're not in there you know becoming your consultants going to show up at your weekly we what we're do what we do is we we assess the client we assess current strategies that are already in place you know what's their sort of flavor of the month or flavor of the year you know we're doing seven habits or maybe they're doing your five behaviors or they're doing something that's already going on in a company and say our job is to then bring that that those structures to life so you know we give it that adrenaline shot and then we also create some sort of cutting edge of common sense we call it sort of languaging that can help keep that experience alive like you say you know everybody leaves a session going oh my gosh that's amazing and then two weeks later they're like remember when we did that maybe there's a picture of them with the kids with the bikes and things like that but what we do is we capture like at the end of a session, everybody says beautiful debrief things. They you know, when the kids came in, you know, I remember this or whatever. So we create these tipping points. So every participant writes down their key learning from the session. We put those into our database. It randomly selects one of those quotes and it sends it to the group. So it'll say, you know, this is from Bryce. And uh, um, I could have done a better job on those breaks if I'd known the kids were coming. Today, I'm going to be better in the next staff meeting or whatever, whatever their quote. So it's their motivation, their their peer-to-peer -peer reminders to each other to continue to apply some external pressure so we don't find ourselves falling into those old reflexes. It is a little like the dentist, though. You know, hey, we're, 
We're happy to do the cleanings twice a year. That's sort of standard. We're with teams right. a couple times a year. But, you know, they got to floss on their own kind of thing. That's but, right, yeah. You know, for me, I, I'm a cancer survivor. Four years ago, I, I found a, a lump in my neck, a tonsil cancer. So, wow. you know, when you find a cancer, you got to stop and really do the hard work, and that can take months. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if there's cancer in a company, in a team, then we got to stop and get everybody brave enough to look at it. And because if we ignore it, we know it grows. That's right. So, you know, some of those cancers are obvious. Some are slow growing. Some are really fast growing and they take over the body. So, you know, we inspire people to do the work, to, to, to admit that there's a couple cells here that we've been saying aren't that big a deal, but we know if we ignore them, they're going to grow and be, become a big deal. So we, we teach them how to address those things, but we like to, we like to piggyback with existing stuff. So we're not just another thing to sort of build on, the, you know, things that haven't worked in the past. It's never just one thing. And I do believe that it takes a, a group of different, different approaches to really help organizations move, move mm-hmm. forward in, in a great direction. So let's, let's move over to just one other little section. And this is something I just want to kind of touch with you on. And that is, our audience is, you know, cont- uh, continuing to grow, and thousands of listeners tuning in on every episode. Uh, we've had peak episodes, but we've had over ten thousand folks listening in. So wow. we're really excited about those numbers. Awesome. I guess one of the questions is: so here we are. I'm an HR executive here, uh, somewhere in uh, somewhere in uh, somewhere around the U.S., and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, this stuff sounds really good." And so, if I wanted to reach out. Why don't, why don't you take a moment and tell everyone, tell our listeners, how do we find Odyssey and uh, what's the best approach to uh, reach out and how would we engage? How would an organization take those first steps to really kind of discuss the possibility of engaging with, with you and your organization? Yeah, well, the simple way, you know, you find us at odysseyteams.com and then you can just say, hey, Lane Hensley, you know, I saw Lane or I heard him on the podcast and I, I want to learn a little more about Odyssey. But let's start with the, so we've, we've done it a couple different ways. So some companies are like, hey, we want you to come and speak to our group and do the hand building or do the skateboard project or do the bike. Okay, great. We'll come in, we'll partner. And if you got a thousand people in a room or if you have, you know, 50 people in a room. Um, and then there's, there's sliding scale. So let's say Cheeseburger Deluxe is you're going to have one of us come in we're going to facilitate your four-hour session or full day, or I'm going to India to do this two-day session. But let's say you've got a four-hour block. Boom, we're going to come in, and you just hand over the keys to the room, and we take over with this group, and we've done our homework ahead of time to build on everything. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say then we've integrated it, and you say, hey, we want to keep this stuff going. We're going to buy one of your hand kits, and we're going to facilitate our build-a-hand kits on our own at our staff meetings that happen at all our different sites all around the country. Great, you can have your own internal people facilitate one of our give back activities. That, nice. And we provide all of them in kits. And uh, you know, you get your PowerPoint, you can call me, you call one of our trainers and they'll teach you how to get the most out of it. There's also then, you know, give backs, you gotta pay for the cost of those items. So, you know, there's, there's, those are not on the cheaper of the scale. But then there's also this whole kit, I wrote a book on all these different activities that you can facilitate yourself in you know 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you could say hey i my team is struggling with you know conflict resolution or just you know building relationship or you know we we're not taking risk and learning from that risk we find ourselves having the same conversation every staff meeting so we need to do an activity that then we can talk about that activity instead of talking about 
you know, real work specific stuff. Because when you talk about that, people get reflexively defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of learning, they're, they're justifying and defending. So when you create this sort of neutral playing field to assess and then give people the inspiration to look at their own behaviors. And so you can do that through these, these simulated activities we have. You can do that through the philanthropy stuff. Or you, a lot of companies have great trainers, a lot of HR professionals or skilled facilitators. If you want to use philanthropy, talk about Look around your community. Look at Boys and Girls Club. Look at the senior centers. Look at uh, your local soup kitchens. You want to talk about service or perspective. Right. Uh, you want to talk about things like that. There's tons of opportunity to incorporate that because everybody knows it feels good to do good. And when we pair the the experience with some of the lessons we're already trying to learn in the business and we reset that emotional memory, uh, you know, that's transformational. My degree is in HR and in recreation. And the definition of recreation is to recreate anew. So think about the hot spots in your team or your company that need to be recreated anew. And just like a walk in the park, you know, it makes us feel a little better. And the, the scale mm-hmm. of how much recreation do you need in the relationships or in the culture of your group? Because um, a lot of good people end up over time evolving into to something they never intended to be. And that lead, that there's a combination of ways that get them there. But we believe that you give them something to think about, give them something to do, and give them something to feel, and use that in perfect combination is how we, we shift the trajectory and create transformation. Folks, if you haven't had the opportunity, I, I encourage you to visit odysseyteams.com. What's great about what Lane's saying is you know, you, you can pick up information there to, yeah, basically DIY programs, everything from, you know, full engagement to, again, different different opportunities, kits, and, and, and information that really can help you uh, develop and create a, a real powerful uh, corporate team. Lane, I want to take a moment and just thank you so much for giving of your time and, uh, and Odyssey Teams which is in the business of giving. And I can tell you, your approach is fresh. Um, and if you as a, uh, if our listeners are, you're looking to find out a little bit more about that, again, I encourage you to go to odysseyteams.com. Uh, you can find out all about the programs there. Anything you want to mention as we uh, get ready to wrap up? You know, a long time ago when we first did the bike thing, we did it for the Drucker School of Business. And uh, Peter Drucker himself was at that program. And he gave it the strongest seal of approval he's ever given. He just said, this is what we're missing. Um, and we've worked with UCLA for the last 25 years. We've worked with companies around the world. And, you know, if we weren't good at what we're doing, if this stuff didn't work, we, we wouldn't have, you know, our 26th year going on right now and the impact we've had. So, you know, wherever teams are, wherever you are right now, just pause, take a deep breath and go, okay, where we are is perfect. Let's start building from here. And let's make some of the maybe toughest struggles that have happened in your company or in your group be the leverage that separates us from our competition and creates that culture shift. Because through struggle, like I said, through cancer, my life is better now than it's ever been. Yeah, man. And we have to just change our perspective of the cancer that might be going on. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Odyssey Teams, odysseyteams.com. And I want to, again, thank him and uh, giving up his time and and, and addressing uh, uh, a little bit about corporate team building and a fresh new approach. And as we know here at the Higher Up Podcast, that you have a choice when you're choosing your content. And we really thank you for spending, uh, giving up some time 
your valuable time uh, to hear what, what we're, we're all about and what we have to say. So thank you again for tuning up to the Higher Up Podcast. Thanks for listening to Higher Up with John Beck. For show notes, updates, and more on how to break the code to unlocking occupational DNA, join the community at hrhigherup.com. And take your business to a higher level. This has been an exclusive production of SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community.